Welcome to this episode of Hello Church. We're so excited that you're listening slash watching today. My name is Wade Bearden. And I'm Justin Trapp. And pastors, we have a question. Be honest with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, always, that's a great way to start a question. Right? <laughs> it makes me a little nervous. Yeah. How memorable do you think your sermons are? On a scale of 1 to 10. 1 to 10. On the, uh, uh, let's just say on average. Yeah. On average. You probably had a few memorable sermons for good or worse, right? Yeah. Is it good or worse? That's not even the right phrase. Uh, better or worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> for richer or for poor. For richer or for poor. <laughs> Uh, and here's what I would say too. So as you think about one to ten, take whatever number you land at. So you might be like, oh, you know, I'm a nine or I'm a seven or I'm a six, and drop it probably two points lower. Yeah. And that's probably the best way to, to go about it because we we tend to overvalue yeah. um, the memorability. I guess I don't even know if that's a or, word or audience size. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it's like a oh, hundred people were here, and it's like no, there was fifty and two kids. Uh, so think through that and that's a great way to introduce the topic that we're going to be discussing today we've been walking through the act of writing a sermon uh, this season of hello church and we're going to be talking about sermon illustrations Uh, sermon illustrations are are powerful they're they're important uh and Justin, I, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon that said, sermon illustrations, they're kind of like windows. Uh, they let the light in. They illuminate your sermons. They illuminate your talks. And so we're going to be talking about the importance of sermon illustrations, uh, different types of sermon illustrations, and you know, where you could find sermon illustrations. Yeah, so a question I have is, you know, where do you find some of your best sermon illustrations, and, mm-hmm. and how do you keep them organized? I know for a lot of pastors um, are watching, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you find your sermon illustrations? Comment below. How do you keep them organized? Maybe that's two different places or you know, an app here and you go to a site here or you go to a few places. Yeah. Or do you say, you know what? The, all of my illustrations from each Sunday are, f- are from that week. So like if yeah, right. fu- something funny happens to me, I use it that week or I just don't use it at all. Uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to hear about your illustration database, where you get those, how you keep those. One of the biggest questions, mm-hmm. right, this whole episode, I think, is why are sermon illustrations important for the sermon? Mm-hmm. And I think you sort of alluded to that uh, with the, with a Spurgeon quote, but let's just talk through that. Why are they important? And I think one of the first things that you can start with is they help retain attention. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our our world is full of noise, full mm-hmm. of chaos, and people's attention spans are are not that long. In fact, we have sh- short attention spans. We don't think you have a, the attention span of a goldfish. That's sort of been you know mm-hmm. the goldfish myth. But TED talks are on average eighteen minutes long. A Protestant evangelical co- uh, congregations, the average sermon is 25 to 39 minutes. But a lot of studies have shown that, th- th- you know, 20 minutes is really the optimum, you know, uh, attention span for, for adults. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's fine to preach longer than 20 sure. minutes. But if you do that, you've got to find ways to continually grab their attention kind of over and over again. And usually when we think of, the sermon introduction, we talked about this recently, is the sermon introduction captures their attention. I think it's a good idea to remind yourself to capture people's attention 
throughout the sermon. And you can do that in a lot of different ways. You can do that by explaining an interesting fact about the text, but you can also do that through sermon illustration. So think think about attention and say, hey, I don't want to just capture it at the start, but every, you know, five, 10 minutes, I'm continually capturing it again in case people are starting to wander off. Yeah, it gives people a mental break, so to speak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's sort of shifting gears, or it's it's a it's a, a zig when you've been zagging from a content standpoint. You mm-hmm. you've sort of been preaching and teaching and working through this content, and then let me illustrate, and that sort of gives people a mental break. Yeah, and and, and I think too, whenever you think through like uh, mental breaks, if during your sermon you're really kind of getting in deep with the passage, uh, it's requiring a lot of energy. People's brains are burning a lot more calories because they're thinking about that. Mm -hmm. When you introduce a sermon illustration, it allows people to kind of take a break for a moment. And and that's that's super important. At the same time, uh, it connects the ancient world to current times. So I like to think of, and this is is an image that's been used before, um, but you think of biblical times, a piece of land, and you think of modern times. And what you wanna do is explain the text by what was going on when it was written and who it was being written to, who wrote it. And then you wanna build a bridge to where we are today. And sermon illustrations can help you do that. And like I mentioned before with that window metaphor, it can shine a light on a topic or a piece of text and help people to really kind of understand what that means for them today. Yeah, another reason why sermon illustrations are important is it because it makes your sermon sticky. It makes them memorable. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking back before this episode, like, what are some of the most memorable sermons? Not that I've preached, but that I remember. Mm-hmm. And there's a few of them from my adult life, but there are a few that I actually thought about from when I was in like kids' church as an mm-hmm. adolescent. You know, the the illustration with the two pitchers of water, and you know, here's our heart, and here's our life, and mm-hmm. then when sin, when we sin, and it, it, it pollutes our heart. It pollutes, our, you know, that that clear water, and the water turned muddy, right? And then the other picture was Jesus comes in and washes away our sins, and you pour the water in, and the water becomes clean again. I, I remember that that message still from Tammy Calderon at North Central Church when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it just goes to show that a good illustration, a, a a good story or a good metaphor or something that just, you know perks their curiosity, it can really last generations, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. And and another point, too, is it it, it can engage the audience, whether physically or within their imaginations. Mm -hmm. And I have another story. I remember in children's church, we were talking about how Jesus said, you know, you're talking about the speck in someone's eye, and you've got a plank in your eye. And I remember the pastor had an adult volunteer come up and hold this two by four and just kind of walk around. And it was really funny. And it helped to kind of open up that passage to me. And I was like, okay, Jesus is actually, he's using humor here. Like he's Mm -hmm. like, hey, you're pointing out like a little bit of dirt in someone's eye, but look at your eye. And and just the image of someone walking around with a plank sticking out of their eye, that's something that I've, I've actually never forgotten. And it did what a good illustration does. It helped to pique my interest uh, we were all paying attention to what was happening on stage, but it helped me to understand what Jesus was talking about. You know, there was a, a sermon that was preached at a church I was on staff at in San Antonio, 
in one of my first ministry jobs, and it was the high school pastor. Mm-hmm. And I still remember his message because he came in, he was talking about the most powerful weapon in the world. And he did this big buildup about we've got the most powerful weapon mm-hmm. in the world here. We actually, we have it in, in, in our custody. Oh, no, I think I, I think I know what this is. And, <laughs> I know where this is going. He hired some some uh, guys that were police officers at the church. So they brought it in on this cart with a tarp over it. Mm-hmm. And it was it had like a police escort. And then he unveiled it. And it was this giant cow tongue. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it before, too. Yeah. It kind of became like a famous deal yeah. for a little while. But it was cool because we all thought it was amazing when we yeah. saw it the first time. Yeah, like <laughs> a giant cow tongue. But everyone in the room remembered that that point, right? So, mm-hmm. oh, wait, let me ask you this. What makes a sermon illustration great? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously a sermon illustration needs to illustrate what you're talking about to help it stick. So if it doesn't do that, if it's just kind of a funny story, it'll be entertaining, but it's not a good sermon illustration. So you've got to think through how to place those in your message. So uh, for example, I was I was preaching on Uh, the tale of the two builders, the parable of the two builders. One built their house on the rock and one uh, on on the sand. And as I was kind of studying this, it made me realize there were two different ways that these individuals prepared in the parable. One did the really hard work of digging out that bedrock before they built their house. And the other one just, just started, like they just started building. And on the outside, the one who built their house on the sand, their house on the sand, they, they actually seem like they were kind of ahead. Like you walk by and you're like, okay, like their house is already going up and this person's still digging around in the sand. But that work and that preparation prepared them for the storms of life. And so I was thinking of this illustration and I thought of an illustration of um, when I ran my first marathon and I had trained, I thought I trained okay, um, but I didn't really know what I was doing and I was training in the cool weather and then I ran it at Disney World when it was like 85 degrees. And so my body wasn't prepared for it. And so the big idea with that illustration, which was kind of a fun illustration, is that what we do today prepares us for tomorrow. And we can either prepare well or not prepare well. And the idea of like not being ready for like a marathon is something that people can kind of relate to, whether they've run it or not. But just the idea of not being ready and having to run all that, all that, uh, all those miles. And so I think what a good illustration does is, yeah, it could it could be it could be funny, um, but it's it's placed in the text or in your message where uh, you're kind of breaking it up. You've done like the big, deep exegesis. Now you want to do something to capture their attention again, but then it points them to what it means today. And it helps them to kind of understand how they can apply it in their own lives. So I think that's really important. Also, just the delivery of it. Uh, I usually like to jump on in. Instead of saying, hey, I want to pause for a moment and tell a story, I like to finish my point and then say, you know, a couple years ago, I was. Uh, so I think the delivery is is really important. And if you're not a good storyteller, I would I would practice that. Uh, and then also sometimes you can use uh, visual aids. Uh, so sometimes you can use your words to create images. But sometimes if you're talking about a painting, uh, if you're talking using a prop, those a visual tongue. yeah, those visual aids can can be helpful. So I think 
it, it really is all about, like we said, capturing their attention, helping them to understand the text, and then understanding what it means today. So where when they hear the illustration, they say, oh, I get it. That's what Jesus is teaching. Like, the, okay, I understand it now. Like, that makes a lot of sense. You want it to be a, a light bulb moment. And and that's why sometimes uh, when we've talked about sermon illustrations or even in our branding, when we, we have illustrations, we'll use a light bulb as a visual like metaphor because boom, the light bulb should turn on when we use a sermon illustration. Yeah, so let's talk about for a few moments the types of illustrations that pastors mm-hmm. can use in their sermon. And Influence Magazine created a list, uh, and so we're going to use some of their mm-hmm. their uh, content here, 10 types of illustrations. And f- let yeah. me just pause. Fun fact about Influence Magazine. Influence Magazine is published by the Assemblies of God, mm-hmm. and when they were getting ready to create the magazine, I had a guy call me from Springfield who works at the uh, corporate or uh, national office, so to speak. Uh-huh. And I was an Assemblies of God minister at the time, and he said, hey, Justin, you know, we're familiar with your work at Ministry Pass. Mm. We'd like to interview you to be the editor of this magazine that we're going to create. Oh, wow. Called Influence. called Influence Magazine. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that's that's cool. That's flattering. Mm. So I get into this interview and this meeting, and I'm going, why, why on earth am I here? I literally have no zero editorial experience. <laughs> None. And, no ma- and, and I'm talking with these two guys that were like consultants where they like consulted with a relevant magazine, and now they're consulting with the assemblies to oh, wow. start this influence. And I actually, I mean, obviously I didn't get the job, but I also didn't, wasn't sure that I really wanted the job. Mm. It, it made me feel like they maybe. I needed. They needed to fill a quota. Like they had to interview like yeah. at least three assemblies of God ministers for the position, and then and then they would be good and yeah. hire the person they want. Yeah, uh, that's well. I feel like you could have written this because this is stuff that we talk about. Right. Uh, before we jump in, though, so there's there's different types of illustrations. Uh, I was thinking through how many a person should have because they might be yeah. thinking how many you should have. I think you need something in the in the introduction yeah and you probably need at least two in the body if you have three like points i like to have one per Mm -hmm. each point so that would be one two three four maybe one in the conclusion so each message i really think you probably need a minimum of three possibly four and you might be like whoa that's a lot but as you'll see here it from what we're going to tell you, it doesn't necessarily mean each one has to be 10 minutes long. And not everyone has to be a story. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a story. So keep that in mind. So if you're like, man, four, five, like that just seems like a lot. Keep in mind that these could be 30 seconds. Just a way to illustrate your point. So we'll kind of hop through. Um, the first one, and we've mentioned this, I gave you an, uh, an illustration of yeah. an illustration. Uh, stories from your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, stories from your life. That's probably the one that people use the most. Sure. Stories from their family in their childhood. I mean, you yeah. go to if you go to a church, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to hear a story about someone's childhood or their kids or their kids. Like that's that's it. Uh, think through bigger stuff. Uh, of course, get permission from from your family members before you share stories about them. But yeah, use stories from your life. Uh, if something happens, write it down. If something funny happens, write it down. Uh, the next one would be historical examples. I love to read history. Yeah. And I think I think the historical examples are just powerful. I was reading this book about the aftermath of World War II in Germany as the German people were recovering from war and also just 
dealing with their guilt or not dealing with the guilt of of World War II and what what their nation did. And there's a lot of rubble because of the allied airstrikes. And so all these all these uh, cities were trying to figure out what do we do with all these all this rubble. And Frankfurt actually just kind of waited and they didn't clear it for a while. And instead, what they did was they, they started having these uh, scientists, these chemists experiment on the rubble. And they found a way to break it down multiple times, this rubble, to create a substance that would be used in concrete. Then they created a factory. And instead of like l- losing money to get the rubble taken care of, they actually harnessed that. And by 1952, they were in the black. Like they, they made money off of that. And I was I, I read that and I was like, man, that says something about mm-hmm. tr- like junk being used for profit, uh to for the benefit, uh patience. And I was like, okay, I still don't know where I'm gonna use that illustration, but like just what I did is I just wrote it down. So things like that you could take and say, okay, you know, somewhere in the future I could use I could use that illustration. So historical uh examples are are important. Another one is personal testimonies, and you know this goes without saying because I know we mentioned personal stories from your life as well. You have quotes from famous people. I mean, how many how many times has a pastor quoted John Maxwell when talking about leadership? <laughs> right, <laughs> every right. time. Yeah, uh, I, I've used one. Um, there's one when when I think Tom Brady had won a couple of Super Bowls, and he was just like, "There's this interview where he says." I still feel like I'm missing something in life, and I've used I've used that before. Mm-hmm. So so you can use quotes from uh, famous Christian authors, or you can use quotes from people who are not Christians that um, express this sort of like yearning for something more in life. Mm-hmm. Like I think that, I could think that could be really important. Uh, another one is uh, uh, biblical analogies, mm-hmm. which you know, the Bible is rich with flavor and stories and analogies and parables. So there's a lot to to choose from there. Mm-hmm. You could also do statistics. You know, yeah. you know, we have census uh, studies and experiments and peer reviewed papers. I I love reading like psychology, more popular level psychology books, mm-hmm. and they have so many cool illustrations like just just really really good stuff and i feel like in the last two years i've probably used multiple talked about multiple experiments and we've all used the one or a lot of us have used the one where people were supposed to watch like watch this video and count these people and they're so busy counting the people they don't realize there's someone dressed up as a gorilla in the background that's like in a famous experiment but i think experiments are are really good you could do articles i mean we found this illustration or this this whole list is an illustration, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, articles you could do devotional commentaries. Mm-hmm. So a lot of devotional commentaries have some great content for you to 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 look into and to use in in your messages. Jokes, yeah. I mean, joke books. Gotta, I, I guess <laughs> gotta have a good joke. Uh, here's what I say: gotta start with something funny. Don't don't steal people's jokes. I've seen people do this before. They're like listen to like Brian Regan or Jim Gaffigan and they'll take like a bit from their yeah. stand up and they'll do it. Here's here a couple things wrong. Well, first of all, if you're just taking someone else's work, like that's plagiarism. But but two, if someone hears that and they've already heard it, they're just like, oh, they're copying them. Uh, and then three, it's never gonna be as funny if you do it. It yeah. probably won't be funny if you do it. So maybe play a clip um, or come up with your own jokes uh, poems are, are, are good. I, I, 
will read poetry every once in a while, and sometimes something just kind of hits me. Uh, so I think that's a good uh, way to find uh, illustrations. My first ministry job, the pastor at that church used poems a lot, mm-hmm. and they were very effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, those are just some different types of illustrations to think through because, like I said, a lot of times we just think of personal stories. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, we we start to like really s- like scratch the bottom of the barrel if because we're just we're just trying really hard to find a personal story and we just don't have we don't have those. Um, this next question is probably the most important question of all. Yep. Uh, how do we find sermon illustrations? Uh, I have a system, uh, but how but how do we how do we find those? I think we've all wasted hours, right, looking yeah. for a great illustration and. You go to a site and it looks like the other dozen sites that you've just been to where they look old and haven't been updated since 1994. And so one of the reasons why we created illustrationideas.bible, it's a website you can go to. We post a new free sermon illustration every day. You can search based on keyword or book of the Bible. And we just wanted to have a site that has new and fresh and curated sermon illustrations for pastors so if you've never been go to sermon or excuse me illustration ideas dot bible and we post a new illustration every day and this is free yeah we have we have them in our ministry pass guides we've got Mm -hmm. great ones every week we probably have two to three uh, good illustrations we also have built out this illustration um kind of widget in seminary 2.0 if you are a premium member you can add an illustration block and of course you can add your own illustrations or you can search our database right there in your sermon dashboard. Mm-hmm. Like you could search grace, find a sermon illustration, click it, you like it, add it to your sermon. I mean, it's super simple. Let me tell you how I find illustrations too. I, one thing I tell pastors, if pastors ask me like, how do you find those things? I think you just, I think you need to read widely. So a lot of times we think, oh, for pastors, we should only read theology books, but read history books. Uh, read fun articles, read fun fiction. Read secular books. Yes, and, and, and every time you come across something interesting, write it down. If you're using Sermonary, you can create an idea note and you can put it in there. You could create, in the past I've used an Excel document that I've created, uh, actually a Google Sheets document. And I put in the illustration, the source, uh, if I if I have a picture from a book, I'll take a picture with my phone. I'll, I'll link that there, and then I'll put like topics. And so if I need to, if I'm like, man, I need to, I'm talking about grace. I can just search that document and find it. Uh, so do that. But the thing is, be reading constantly. Be be on the lookout um, because if not, they'll mostly just be like maybe movie clips mm-hmm. or stories from your life. Um, but really dig deep and 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 use those create some sort of database and use keywords. I think it's super important to use keywords because if you do that, uh, then it's gonna be searchable. Well, another thing you can do is, and you may have already said this, and I wasn't, I was in my own thoughts, but you could ask other pastors, like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm preaching through a series. Yeah. And I need an illustration on generosity. Do you, do you have any that you've used yeah. recently? We had a pastor ask this in our Facebook group. Yeah, he asked. Uh, so let me pull this up. This was uh, one of our users in the pastor, one of one of the yeah the individuals in the pastor circle. It's a Facebook group. It's a, three thousand other pastors. It's a really great group. So yeah, if you haven't joined, make sure you you join and connect with other guys and, and gals in yeah. ministry, serving and leading. 
Uh, Jeremiah, so maybe you're listening, uh, Jeremiah. He asked for an illustration for the parable of, of the sower, uh, which is really good. Uh, a sample could be mm-hmm. uh, Van Gogh's The Sower. There's a couple different versions out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I like the most is the one where the sower is is like coming towards um, the front of the painting. And it, it if you sit there and just kind of like look at it and just really kind of look at it, it just, it feels like the presence of the sower is approaching you. Uh, and there's something, I mean, that's why the painting is famous because it invokes that emotion of there's this pressing need. The savior is inviting us, he's coming towards us. And then you'll notice too in the background, the sun is, is looks like it's setting, uh, that there's this, there's this sense of immediacy to the whole issue. And so you could pull up a painting like that and, and you could say, um, you know, Christ, is, he's, he sends that invitation to you. And, and there's this moment, there's this immediacy. Uh, in the past too, Justin, I've used, um, I've talked about wide receivers and in the draft with a wide receiver, uh, they'll talk about, oh, has good hands, has good speed, uh, or hey, is prone to drop the ball. And so I've created uh, a different wide receiver set for each of, uh, in the parable of the sower, each of the grounds. So the one that receives it well, the ones that's distracted, the talent, you know, we all know about the talented player who's really good, but get dis- gets distracted off the field. And so you could say, hey, we've all seen that wide receiver. That's this soil. Oh, we've seen this wide receiver. That's this soil. I think uh, I try not to use like, names whenever I did that because I didn't want to trash any wide receivers but I think Andre Johnson was always the good soil right he was just he was just the guy he played for the Houston Texans he should be in the Hall of Fame unless Um, your name's Cortland Finnegan (laughs) (laughs) um and so so I think those are some so those are just some examples yeah um I think I think that's really important to utilize and like i said create that database so you're not just using stories or things you found this week because if you're only using stuff you found this week that's in your recent memory you're going to have to stretch it and it's not really going to go with the text it's just going to be there because you find it interesting or or funny yeah so that that's some of our thoughts on incorporating sermon illustrations into your sermon yes we believe that they're important helps you be a more effective communicator, helps make your sermons a little bit more sticky and memorable. And so you should incorporate sermon illustrations into your content every single week. Don't let a sermon go by without using illustrations to help illuminate like uh, you referenced earlier with Spurgeon, you know, the let, letting the light come through that mm-hmm. window for the, the minds and the hearts of the people. You know, if you're listening, on Spotify or Apple, please, I'd love for you to leave us a review. That really helps get the word out, and, and it really helps the podcast. You know, this is free. We do this for free, and so if you want to support us continuing to make the podcast, just leave us a review, and that would be wonderful. Yeah, it would be great. That helps get the show out. Gets helps people to, uh, to find Hello Church. Next week, I'm excited. We're going to be talking about artwork. So this is a little bit less about writing a message. And the things that we do to reinforce our sermon Still series an and important our part of the message. It, it's super, uh, it's super important. So make sure you tune into that. I think that's going to be very, very uh, uh, important and helpful to you. Until next time. Yep. See you. See you later on Hello Church. <laughs>